E-Road provides fleets with advanced capabilities for remote reefer control, real-time compartment mismatch detection, product-specific temperature alerts, and a host of compliance management applications. It's time to revisit how your refrigerated goods are monitored. Welcome to Running on Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in freight, but there's also the newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on freightwaves.com slash running on ice. Today, we are joined by the one and only Travis Ross, Senior Technical Account Manager at E-Road. Thank you so much for joining us today, Travis. Thank you for having me. Good to see you again. Um, I am excited to have you back. You're one of the fun people to talk to. And, you know, we kind of touched on, um, you know, the role of AI and how that works in your supply chain. Um, but this time we're diving into fleet management, which is something that isn't necessarily always thought of in the cold chain world. But now that, you know, there's been more shippers looking to have their own private fleets and kind of do some of that. It's some of the things that we kind of have to start thinking about, because again, in the cold chain world, we cannot have stuff sitting on the side of the road for a couple hours because that's how product gets lost, destroyed, and damaged. So um, what are some of the kind of th- benefits that come from managing your own fleet as a shipper versus outsourcing to a 3PL or a freight broker? For me, it's about visibility if you're managing your own fleet. So if you're, I guess there's really, in my opinion, there's no better way to understand the heartbeat of your organization unless you're managing it yourself. It's just best way if I'm seeing the fact in, in the past. But however, there are some outstanding 3PLs, carrier networks out there, well-established that are great partners. But just to really understand everything in your operation, I just love that private fleet model. So for example, let's say I'm a, a fleet owner. I have my fleet, right? I, I, I need a, I need two extra trailer fulls of waffle fries because there's an event with my customer and uh, they're going to spike in waffle fries. We need two loads. Well, if you're managing your own carrier network or your own fleet, I should say, that's very easy to handle, right? You, you have control over all of your equipment. But if you're partnered potentially with brokers or 3PLs, they might not have the flexibility to meet your needs. And it's going to be based on the level of relationship probably. And in terms of, I'll have to talk about blockchain, farm to table. I mean, I know blockchain is kind of like uh, the banker terms and I'm not a banker guy, but it's the same concept. You want that visibility of everything along the way from the time it's picked to the time it's uh, taken to, for cleaning or manufacturing, ultimately to the time that the customer goes and makes that purchase of that item. And if you're outsourcing certain segments of that chain, you just lose the visibility. And I know that that's that's kind of the ultimate struggle, isn't it? That, you know, keeping the visibility and maintaining it, but then also managing costs and all the headaches that can come with it. Because, as you know, every day working with supply chains and warehousing and transportation is just a day in paradise where nothing goes wrong and there's no issues whatsoever. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think that that's kind of that ultimate balance that shippers are having to deal with of, you know, do I outsource it and what are the costs for that? And then kind of that old fashioned, like, do, how much is it to build it myself? And then how much is it to have someone else do it who maybe specializes in it? And I don't have to go find the talent that specializes in moving these things. So, I mean, there's definitely some pros and cons. Um, I would hope, though, that if you reached out to your 3PL, your freight broker, and were like, hey, I have this 
uh, I need to move these extra loads for a waffle fry festival, which um, if there is a waffle fry festival, I would like to go um, now taking recommendations for waffle fry festivals or just regular fry festivals. It's fine. I'm not picky. Um, I would hope that that 3PL or freight broker would say that's not a problem. Let's go ahead and get it moved. Um, but ultimately, you're kind of at the mercy of their capacity, too. Correct. Um, so kind of when, so if I'm, a, if I'm a shipper and I'm like, I'm going to do it myself, I'm going to, I'm going to build my own fleet. I'm going to have a dedicated fleet. It's going to be great. Um, I'm going to have it at all my warehouses, which is fantastic. And then I'll maybe use some other ones for those longer loads, you know, those like 800 miles, because that's kind of hard to plan a dedicated fleet for that. What are some things that I need to keep in mind when I go to onboard some new carriers or, you know, set up that dedicated fleet network within my entire shipping network what are things that i need to keep in mind to you know make sure that this is ultimately successful age of fleet right want to know how old those dogs are out there running around the road and uh, the safety record certainly want to know that as well on time performance are they going to get to the groceries on time it'd be nice to also know the the makeup of the fleet so from a refrigeration standpoint is it carrier is it thermoking is it mix those things really do matter um, they're all wonderful but it does matter to know those type of things and one of the biggest ones I would think to look at is the flexibility of the use of the equipment so here's a here's a another scenario let's say I'm a convenience store owner shipper level type and my driver just finished up a, a run and he or she is empty and we have a backhaul of country milk gravy needed for Hardee's or Carl's Jr. or whoever it might be. If I have my own fleet, I can, I can handle that. No problem. If I'm outsourced, again, going back to the first point, maybe I don't have the flexibility of the use of that equipment and I can't get my country milk gravy and ain't nobody got time for that. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think we've actually have an article on Freight Waves about the gravy shortage and how it's just unacceptable. And um, yeah, it's, uh, there's a it's a light load article, which is kind of like a funnier take on it. But it comes down to there's no excuse for not having gravy at your at your restaurants, which I don't know. On a biscuit? You must on have a, it. Yeah, you have yeah. to. I mean, I'm not a big gravy person, so I, it's not a, it doesn't really bother me. But there are people that are very passionate about their gravy and I don't want to be on the, I don't want to be on the end saying you can't have that. We don't have your gravy because I feel like that's the fastest way to die. In South Carolina, we are passionate about gravy. It matters. It does matter. Um, <laughs> but I like that. Uh, the one thing that you brought up that I have never heard of or you've never even thought of is the makeup of those actual reefer units. Why is it, like, is it a good thing to have all carrier or all thermoking, or do you want a mix? Like, kind of, is it just based off of kind of the 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 makeup of the actual reefer units? Why do you say that you should have like that? You have to know that. Is it just you know fun facts? It's good to know, especially if you want to install telematics. Yeah, or if they're pre-existing, or if if they are pre-existing, what are the capabilities? If they aren't pre-existing, what are the capabilities of a telematics organization to be able to install in just carrier? or just Therma King or both, that type of thing. So it's it's fine to have a mix. You just want to know what you got. That makes a lot of sense. I never thought about it from a telematics perspective because obviously you would have different steps you take for a Thermo King versus a carrier. And just knowing which one you got to work with, it's it just kind of helps everybody out. Instead of like, we're going to go install this Thermo King and it's a carrier model and oops, like then everybody's kind of all delayed. 
Um, so kind of going on that, so you have your carriers, you have them set up, they're great. They have perfect safety ratings because why would we ever take anyone with a conditional safety rating or unsatisfactory? That's not, that's not the business that we're in. Uh, we like our nice, clean, pretty, well safety carriers. Um, so what are some of these kind of contingencies? Cause things break. So kind of, you know, if you get someone broke down on the side of the road, you know, you can't just tell your freight broker, we'll make another truck up here, like make it happen. So how does the, how does the shipper kind of plan for the worst, but always hope for the best? Uh, if if you're a if you have your own fleet, I've found that it's uh it's significantly easier, right? Like you can have your battle drills. You're all you're all one team. You can plan for what happens if uh, if we have a recall, what happens if we have a a trailer fire, that type of thing. If you're outsourcing, yes, for well established partners, I'm sure they have that. You just may not know exactly what it is or how it functions. So, for example. Let's say you have a driver out for delivery and brakes catch on fire. The trailer is lost. The load is lost. Potentially the tractor is lost. And we just hope there's not an injury. If you're a smaller fleet, something like that could be absolutely catastrophic to your operation. However, if you're partnered with a well-established 3PL, other carrier network that I am sure and certain they would have contingency contingency plans built in for that, so it's 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 not so catastrophic. And all you need to worry about is how to get those replacement groceries. That's that is that actually gives kind of like a, a like a sigh of relief of like, well, we can just reget a load as long as everyone's safe, it's fine. But again, if I'm a fleet and that's one of my ten trucks, well, suddenly I'm down a truck until I can get it fixed, or in the event of a fire, get a whole new one, which going to take a while, which would take some more shuffling. So I guess that's kind of one of the cons against running your own fleet is that, you know, when stuff breaks, you have to fix it. You can't just say, well, fix it. <laughs> exactly. You got to fix it. So when, um, so you mentioned that something earlier and that's that visibility component that you get to maintain when you have, um, when you manage your own fleet and everything like that. So what kind of, um, you know, if, if I'm out there shopping for tra- tracking and tracing and some of those visibility tools to implement into my fleet or to work with a carrier partner, what are some things that I need to kind of be mindful of and what are things I need to look for and what are things that maybe um, are on the packaging that are just kind of fluff? When I was a transportation manager and if somebody were to talk to me about AI, artificial intelligence and cold chain, I would uh, like. I don't have time. I've got drivers that are anxious for me to buy five more electric pallet jacks that they need. I have so many other things to do in my operation. And you're wanting me to think about AI and cold chain. And But but I actually think now the folks who aren't leaning into it are going to feel left behind within three to five years because it's it's developing and it's developing quickly. And some of those benefits are massive. We've been able to show that that product is moving way slower than what was originally expected in the way that we used to track things. So they're throwing away less product. And the big kicker is it all stems with the driver, right? We need the driver to have a good day. And it would be nice if we're not constantly peppering the driver to, hey, probe this product, 
probe the product, probe the product, stop. You need to go take a break for a little bit because we think the product might be getting warmer, sit on the side of the road, let it chill, all that type of thing. So the ability to lean into AI and throw away less product or sustainable right out the gate and then save on labor costs and driver ag- driver aggravation, it's it's a winner. I think at this in this in this type of environment, anything that you can do to make your driver's day a little bit better is gonna be the ultimate win. But I guess how do you know when how do you know when it's important to invest in some of these technologies and these tracking tools versus, you know, those pallet jacks that are going to make your driver's day easier because ultimately they're both gonna make your driver's day better because you're not harassing them as much or calling them or, you know, trying to micromanage their stuff. But then also in a very real way, those pal- those electric pallet jacks do make their job physically easier. So kind of how do you know when it's when it's one's worth investing in over the other? Because obviously the budget doesn't exist for both of those. Budget won't exist. And the bones of the operation are the equipment or is the equipment. that That's that's the bones of the operation. And, and you want to supply the drivers with what they need for the very basics and then move on to the next. So I would start there. Those operational needs are if I'm a transportation manager again and somebody's trying to front AI before I've got the means necessary to actually deliver the groceries, I'm probably getting a little bit myth. So how do you so okay, so we're we're trying to set up basically like if I'm a shipper, I have no idea what I'm doing because shippers are notoriously really great at, you know, doing the thing that they that like creating their product and doing that. They don't necessarily have the the logistics and the supply chain knowledge that comes with, you know, getting things out the door. So if I want to make sure that all of my deliveries are on time as much as they can be, but I also want it to stay cold and I also don't want to spend $3,000 per truck truckload shipment, how do I kind of manage all that where I'm kind of keeping everyone happy, but honestly, like, but I'm not having things arrive too hot or three hours late, but it's the right temperature. It sounds like the question is stemming around route optimization, right? And there's a big focus on route optimization. But I think it's that you just said it a minute ago, that walk before you crawl. Crawl before you walk? Yes, I had it backwards. Anyway, it all starts, and I keep saying over the driver, the driver, the drivers, it all starts with the driver. We're partnered with some really forward-thinking organizations around North America that are actually making extra focus first on the load optimization. So they're spending a ton of time to make sure the load is perfect for the driver and they can perform before the whole route structure and miles and things like that all tie in. So say you've got a driver that goes out for a route and uh, the trailer's full. I mean, it's, it's, it's at capacity and those are the kind you want, generating the most revenue. And they're delivering to seven stores. And the first store, they're not open yet, or the manager forgot the key. It's just stuff that happens out there. Now, uh, some of the older ways on the, uh, the, the, loading, the, the loading optimizations that I've seen, the driver would have to return to the DC, take the product off, potentially go back. They're having to add a special hotshot truck to go deliver that. Instead, now what we're seeing is a huge focus on the optimization of the actual pallets, the stacks, the carts, the bins, everything. So if there's an audible to be called in mid-route or at the beginning of the route, it doesn't affect the driver in any way. It's just a matter of moving a few things around and they can still make a successful day. So first, load optimization. Second, route optimization. 
I did not even think about that because when you were, when I kind of originally thought of this, I was like, okay, well, you know, obviously you want to make sure that you're not going over here and then doubling back to here and then going up here and you're not just driving with a bunch of like wasted miles. But I didn't even think about the problems that come up when you actually get to that receiver and, you know, someone forgot their keys. They're open, but oops, we forgot our keys. It happens. You know, people are human. Um, I did not even think about that because that is that is great to just be able to rearrange a couple pallets first have to go unload half the truck and then come back maybe that day, maybe the next day where people aren't getting the product they need. That is um, that is some next level stuff. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty intelligent. There, then there's a lot of folks out there doing it and they're doing it well. And it's really impressive to see. And we like it when they share that with us. I mean, I like it when they share it with you because then you share it with us and then, you know, we're all smarter for it. Yeah, thanks. So what about that driver training and kind of, you know, uh, you mentioned that pulping the temperature or probing the temperature and making sure product is still the appropriate tem- or the appropriate temperature. Um, wh- how do you kind of go about training them specifically for, you know, the, those goods that you ship as a shipper? Or do you maybe want to go find some that have experience with that? I mean, ideally, in a perfect world, if you were shipping apples, you would be like, hey, this driver has 20 years of apple shipping experience. I don't want to teach them very much. Here's your apples. Have a nice day, sir. But I feel like the chances of finding someone with 20 years of apple shipping is pretty slim. Um, so you got to kind of do the guy that's like, I've never shipped apples before. What do I do with them? Just eat them in the back of the truck. Um, how do you kind of address some of that driver training and, you know, making sure that they are following, you know, proper regulations and guidelines so they're not putting raw meat next to apples? Well, the drivers have a ton to think about. Like they're, they're, they're focused on delivering those groceries on time and as safely as possible. And I believe that carriers should be allowing that $35,000 refrigerator that would be on the front of a trailer, you know, less expensive if it's a straight truck, of course, but it's it's a smart refrigerator and let it be smart for the driver. Let, let it do the work. Yes, the drivers are responsible for watching and, and looking after the temps and looking at the microboard and understanding what they're seeing there. But we've seen that a lot of folks are now starting to configure specific options for the driver to choose. Like they configure five options in the micro option. One, if you have this, two, if you have this, three, if you have this, so forth and so on, making it really easy. The last thing you want to do is to have the drivers constantly having to mess with the micro board, chain, start, stop to continuous set points, this and that. It's just waiting for a mistake to happen. So simplify the process for them. So they can focus on being the face of your brand and spending time with the customer in a nice, happy, chappy mood. One more thing. If any carrier that is truly invested in their drivers, or for that matter, any any vendor that is invested with their carrier, if they ever have the opportunity to, co- to conduct a driver ride along, they should do it at, at any time. In fact, don't, don't even wait for it. Just see if you can do it. Now, there's a lot of drivers out there. That's their home for the day. It's very private. They do not want anyone in their space. And I respect that. There's also other drivers that absolutely welcome something like that. A guest, so they can see the pain points that they're dealing with every day. And perhaps there's just a different way of looking at things where they can take that information away and come up with a solution that makes them happy. So I would I would seek driver ride alongs. I love them. And any opportunity I have, it's just a I, I do them and it's a wealth of knowledge. Because some of those things that you learn in those driver ride alongs, I first of all, I cannot agree with that more. Just hop in the cab if a driver wants. If not, 
don't press it. Just give them their space. But one of the things that you might learn in driver ride along is something like, oh, they just want a certain type of snack or they just want a certain thing in the bathroom and that's going to make their day better. Or they just want guaranteed truck parking, where if you know that you're going to have to go so many days, if there's a way that I can, you know, find parking spots or pre-book it or whatever for you, that's a pretty easy thing to keep people pretty happy. And so I think that's kind of something that a lot of those things that, you know, drivers do have complaints about. Obviously, we can only do so much for loading and unloading times, but some of the other little stuff, it's such easy fixes that you can just say, oh, this is all you want. Okay, I can have this done tomorrow. Like come pick it up in the office and you're squared away. I think that um, everyone just always thinks it's some big, huge thing that's going to be like multi-million dollars, but really just like ask them how they're doing, see what they have. And if it's something like, you know, they just want a place to wait that's not their truck while they get loaded, driver lounge. What do you want in it? Do you want games? Do you want a shower? Do you want, what do you want in it? Because it's something that it's not, it's not that deep, you know, it's not that deep. And ultimately, like you said, just keep your drivers happy and you'll have a pretty good time. Yeah, right on. It's a relationship. So invest time and and be a good partner. Exactly. Because, you know, the drivers, they'll leave if they don't want, if they don't like you, they'll leave. And that's not, and then you have to spend all that time and money and energy recruiting and retaining more drivers when they're just going to leave for something else and greener pastures on the other side. So I think that ultimately will also help reduce the amount of driver turnover that there is because, um, you know, it's pain. It's a pain. Absolutely. All right. So we are coming near the end um, and we already know where you stand as cereal as soup. Um, so I have, uh, I have to know what's your best dad joke. Cause I feel like you would have a lot of them. Mm. Well, I just want to talk about something else first real quick. And that's like, it might seem that I'm very passionate about cold chain logistics, transportation, all that kind of stuff. But I, I can't say it's my true passion. My true passion would be potentially make a living cleaning mirrors. Cause I feel like I could see myself doing that. <laughs> you got it you got that one right away i wasn't sure where you were going with that at first and i was like man this is a bold this is a bold career statement he's making um but no that's that is amazing well done sir thank you thank you all right so if anyone has a better uh, if they think that they have a better dad joke uh or if they have questions about you know kind of how to how to approach that subject of a driver ride along or other fleet management questions where can they find you outside the show oh yeah um so i'm on linkedin easy to find travis ross sc i guess somebody else took the travis ross so sc for south carolina travis ross sc uh, email is erode.com or i'm sorry travis.ross r-o-s-s at erode.com and then you could always go to the site as well awesome thank you so much for joining us lovely to be here Bye. You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice right here on YouTube or anywhere else you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running on Ice news? No sweat. Subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash Running on Ice. See you on the internet.